I bid you welcome. God, I'm here. We all go a little mad sometimes. We accept the one of us. We accept the one of us. What's your favorite scary movie? Wolfman's got an Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Home is Where the Horror Is, a podcast dedicated to our love of all things horror. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Monica. And today, Monica got the pick. And I got to say, I'm actually pretty impressed with the movie you chose. It definitely is one of my favorite horror movies. And we went with 13 Ghosts. Now, it should be noted, and I could have saved this for fun facts, but... You do know there was an original 13 Ghosts, yes. right? And it's from 1960. So I have not seen it. You haven't, but do you know who directed it? Uh, I did look... Oh, uh, William Castle? Yeah. And you know what he also directed? I do not. House on Haunted Hill that we watched last uh, week? I don't pay attention to what you say to me. So, yeah. He uh he also directed that, which oh, inspired. Okay. So two of your favorite remakes were originally made by the same, by guy. The same guy. So you can thank William Castle okay. for all these great movies. Okay. <laughs> now we really uh we, we unfortunately haven't been able to watch any other horror movies. Been kind of a crazy week. But um we each separately kind of started something. It's more true crime, but we both watched uh, Night Stalker. Yeah. And that's pretty horrific for its own reasons yeah um but yeah we'll we'll just go ahead and jump right into the movie so why don't you give us some of the the basic background of this film okay so like you said uh 13 ghosts the current version is a remake of the 1960s 13 ghosts by william castle just said that yes i'm i just said to recap (laughs) sure it was directed by Steve Beck. Can you guess what? Ghost ship. Yes. <laughs> I had to put that in there just for you. <laughs> and I know that's the only director you'll ever remember. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it stars Tony Shalhoub, mm-hmm. which played Monk. I don't know, he was that was yeah. one of his more favorite, uh, famous. Um, he was also in Men in Black as the story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. I love him. Um, Empath Davids. Matthew Lillard, which he was in like a lot of those like teen scream, scream and, uh, and hackers, TLC, yeah. Punk. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, which everyone knows mm-hmm. and loves, Rob Zinga, and F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, so it was released October 26, 2001, and it has a 91 minute runtime. Now, the budget was $42 million, and the box office was $68.5 million. So, did all right. So, the basic background of it is there's a ghost hunter, Cyrus, um, who works alongside a psychic, Dennis, to capture ghosts. Now, Cyrus dies in, like, the very beginning of the movie, um, and he has, like, this crazy mansion that he gives to his widower nephew Arthur um, and the lawyer of the estate takes Arthur Arth, Arthur, Arthur Arthur words are hard 
and his two kids and the nanny to this house where they run into Dennis. Now, he's pretending to be from the power company, and he wants to get inside the house because Cyrus had owed him money. So they disperse and investigate, and they find that there are 12 ghosts trapped in these cubes in the basement. So there is this machine that's activated, and it starts letting the ghosts out one by one. Now, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on towards the end. You know, Uncle Cyrus shows up. They, you know, think he's a ghost, but Arthur takes his glasses off and he's still there. So he's not actually dead. Finds out this was all a plot to get Arthur there to the house with his kids because it needs a sacrifice of a willing participant, like for like an act of love to be the 13th ghost. To complete the ritual to open up the ocularum infernum, which is the eye of hell, which allows Cyrus, the ideas would allow Cyrus to see everything, past, present, and future, and like make him the most powerful being on earth, basically. Now, the 12 ghosts that are currently in the house are the torso, the bound woman, the withered lover, the torn prince, the angry princess, the pilgrimess, the great child, and the dire mother... The Hammer, the Jackal, and the Juggernaut. Yep. So uh, I know we talked about while we watched and we post it on social media, but who is your favorite ghost? The Juggernaut. The Juggernaut? Okay. Yeah. Because you initially had said the Hammer, and then you went to... It was was going back and forth between the Hammer and the Juggernaut. Like, the Hammer is just impressive just looking at him. Like, he's this big dude you know obviously with the hammer and everything like that and he's got like all these like railroad Railroad spikes spikes. like sticking out of him but the juggernaut is literally a juggernaut like he is ginormous and just rips people apart with his bare hands which is kind of badass yeah so see i would have guessed given your other podcasts and your mentalities you would have went with the was the angry princess so she is cool like you know she's very emo you know Kills herself. Uh, I don't know. I'd say emo. Yeah. I mean, I would just say she's just. Well, there's. So um, she actually is related to my myth. So we'll get into her. Okay. There. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a naked chick walking around. She kills herself. But yeah. just like as far as badassery, the juggernaut is. Yeah. See, I would always. The Juggernaut's cool, and really, he's like the serial killer of the ghosts. Yeah. Um, he's really the only one that kills people, except for we'll get into how someone else dies. But um, mine has always been the Jackal. That silhouette, the mm-hmm. look of that thing, um, I mean, with the cage torn open and the way he just claws at things, yeah. it's like, of course, I'd be scared of the Juggernaut, too, but... There's something so much more, like, feral about the jackal. Yeah, the the jackal is definitely more animated. You know what I mean? Like, has more energy. Yeah. Whereas the the, the juggernaut kind of, like, the way he kind of goes reminds me of, like, a Jason or a Michael Myers. Just kind of that, you know, just stalks. Yeah, stalks. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, yeah, I've always, always, always been a fan of the jackal. But um, before we dive any more deeper into what we love or maybe don't like about the movie, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the postmortem? Okay, so there was a decent amount of kills, actually. There's 11 kills in this movie. A lot of them were actually in the opening scene. Yeah. 
Um, and I think there was, we had the lawyer, we had um, Dennis, we had that chick. And then Cyrus. So there's only four that actually died in the the house. house. Everyone else died in the opening scene. No sex. Well, actually, there is nudity. That girl is... There's plenty of nudity. She's nude multiple times. She's nude, like, throughout the whole movie. I didn't even think of that because she is (laughs) naked. So, my bad. So there's probably, if I was going to guess, I'd say if you count scenes when she's not there and then when she is there... There's easily There's a lot. Like eight or nine scenes of her. There's several, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that because I got, you know, just cut up a little bit. Yeah. Um, there wasn't actually a whole lot of screams, though. I think there was more than you counted. Possibly. You were losing count of a lot of things. I, I think I was just because, our well, so there were five incidences of Murphy's Law, like, um, the lawyer takes the suitcase and it sets off the machine. The doors lock by themselves. Um, the door closes, cuts the guy in half. You know, yeah. The kid trips, like things like that. Um, but I was very much paying attention to our reoccurring theme, which was how many times you see a ghost appear, which was 141 times. Yeah. This movie was not... And it is one of the things I might as well get out of the way. One of the things I did really like is... They don't hold back on the ghost. Now, they, what they do, though, is nice because they never, like, focus in on the ghost too, too long. Mm-hmm. Like, the most you're going to see is, like... like it's a flicker here It's going to be a flicker. Like, there are moments, like, when you see the hammer, like, they're zoomed in on, like, as he's about to do something or when the juggernaut's walking towards mm-hmm. you. But uh, there's so much fast cutting in this movie yeah. that, like, you get enough to fulfill, like, ooh, I got to see him. But it's not enough where you, like, can overanalyze Yeah. And one thing to mention is that the only way to see these ghosts are with these special glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it is kind of cool, like, where you're seeing they're kind of flashing back and forth. Like, when the one guy, uh, when Dennis is being killed, like, you see flashes of, you know, the juggernaut lifting him up in the air. And you see the juggernaut holding him. But then you see a flash and it's just him being held up because, you know, the other guy doesn't have the glasses. No, no. So. I, I mean, they handled that great, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, so... I, I mean, I think going over to things we love, the idea behind... This is the first movie I can think of, if you don't count Ghostbusters, of, like, capturing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, and capturing them for the purpose of concealment or something yeah. other than getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... Okay, it's a it, it's a very very unique idea, and any movie where you have call it ghosts, monsters, whatever, and you give me just enough backstory to start getting invested, like, oh, what happened? Yeah, this movie did it great, and I was d- triply inspired when I was a kid and saw the DVD, and they had the special features, which covered like the backstory of every single one in full detail. So yeah, I really, I really want to see that. Like, I looked into them all like online and yeah. read like all their stories and things like that. Like the torso, like was basically was like mafia, mafia yep. and stuff like that, and they just wrapped them in, like story. Like that's all cool stuff they should have done. Like, I mean, the movie would have been you could have done because when you watch the extras, you figure at a minimum they're spending. I think probably whatever you looked up is what is in the extra. Extra basically is like the picture they show in the book. Oh, okay. With a side by side of like the actual thing, but then it's someone narrating the same thing you're probably read. Gotcha. 
So it's, yeah, I just, I love the way they handled the ghosts, the, the lore of you can't see them without the glasses. They set up all the rules very early. So you're mm-hmm. like, they're contained by these spells. So a lot of things you don't have to think about, like yeah. well, how they do this or that. So yeah. I, I love all that. Yeah. And, and again, like, I love the ghost. I love, like, the diversity of the ghost. Like, you have, like, this little boy who really doesn't do much. And, like, even the torso, like, doesn't really Most of do them anything. Don't, do, don't do anything. Like, the you know, the the child and the mother and stuff like that. But then you have, like, the juggernaut and the, uh, the hammer and, you know, the jackal that are, like, just the crazy end of the spectrum. And I think they were done really well. Like, they, they definitely did have, like, cool silhouettes and things like that. Oh, yeah. And then I really liked there were several little twists in there that it was like, oh, well, I didn't see that coming. Like the uncle, you think he's dead and then the uncle's not dead. And then that chick, you're like, she's trying to help him. And then, well, now she's not. She's working with the uncle and, like, you know, things like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, no, no. I I like that. And as a side thing, I really like the look of the house yeah like yeah, I, the funny. idea of you know there's been plenty of movies now like the cell the cube saw movies where it's like moving gadgets but mm-hmm. that always intrigues me too and it's just a cool looking house yeah. um so just the look of the film itself was more unique than it it could have of course been just a giant atypical victorian mansion mm-hmm. which we've seen so many ghost movies in but this is like yeah, it just has a complete different look. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. Was there anything you didn't like? Not that I could like pick out. Like I, like I said, this is like one of my favorite horror movies, and you know, there was there's nothing I can really just pinpoint that I was like I don't like this. Here's what I have a problem with. There is some terrible acting in this movie. And specifically, all the family scenes are so terribly overacted. Like, Tony Shalhoub, like, he is, he's odd because he's, like, you know he's probably a good actor, but he kept getting character roles. And, like, I just, I don't, I couldn't buy him as, like, really anything and, like, the, the little kid with, like, his lisp was annoying. Yeah. And Shannon Elizabeth, like, I've never seen a bitch so excited for a bathroom. Like, she's like, I put water on my face. Yeah. This is the greatest experience. Like, <laughs> you had water. Like, what the hell? I, I, I just, it was overacted. The nanny was, with her one-liners, yeah. was very, like, all that just, a, like, was corny. Um, and I know, like, that's some one of the things you like. Yeah. I... Every time, like, if I had my way, I would watch an opening scene, fast forward through until they're actually in the, in house, the house, and yeah. then even in the house, like, until things start picking up, I kind of like, okay, I'm over it. That's that's really my only ma- major complaint with the movie, just some of that terrible overacting. Yeah. So, what are so, some of the scenes that actually really stand out to you? Well, obviously, so we have the opening scene. So the opening scene takes place in a junkyard, and they're basically trying to catch the juggernaut. She, you know, killed a bunch of people, um, and, you know, Dennis gets there, and he starts getting all these flashes, and he was like, well, I thought he only killed eight people. There's so many more here. And he's like, well, yeah, he only killed eight when he was alive, but he's killed more since he's been dead, basically, because he's haunting this junkyard. Junkyard, yeah. And, like, you see, like, as he's coming, like, you know, 
these like military style guys, you know, security, whatever they are. And like the the one guy like literally gets sucked like forward into like a trunk and his body bends backwards yeah. and half. Like I just think that's so cool. That, here's that scene was a good example of like uh, when Matthew Lillard's character is like, you know, how are we gonna bring him out? He's like, we're gonna I forget the word, like we're gonna bait him. And they're like chumming the Oh yeah, like with blood. It's and a he's like, giant, There's a truck of blood. It's a giant oil tanker or water truck filled with blood, spraying it out on both ends. And I'm like Yeah, I didn't really get that. I'm but. like, why would is he a shark? Like, is that what they're trying to suggest? <laughs> like, why are they I, I literally I was like, is that ghost chum? Like what yeah. what the fuck is that? <laughs> I never understood that part of it. Like, other than it's a cool kind of look to it. And then there's giant puddles of blood. Like, it just... Yeah. That never made sense to me. But that scene, it did set the right kind of idea. And you get to see him contained. So now you're like, oh, okay, there's something that can capture a ghost. Yeah. And you do get to see the most badass of the ghosts. So you're like, oh, okay. I'm intrigued right off the yeah. bat. Um, so I had that as well. So I'll ignore that. So one of the scenes I liked is the lawyer is played by the perfect, like, sleazy yes. dude. Like, douchey, scumbaggy. You know you can't trust him. And he's going to go get his payment or whatever, and which, as Monica said, that um, is what unleashes the ghost. But as he's walking there, he's kind of talking shit to all the ghosts. Yeah. He sees the kid, he's like, how? Or, like, whatever. And then he sees the girl, he's like, nice tits. Yeah. <laughs> and... And, uh, yeah, he, like, sees the baseball guy. He's like, what's your problem? And I like he's just, like, talking all shit. And then the door's open. And he's like, uh, I didn't mean what I said. Yeah. And, of course, it leads to him getting cut in half with the doors. Which, yeah. once again, as being someone who's in construction field, that would never happen. <laughs> but it's a, I always love a good, there's something about a good, clean cut scene. Yeah. With the delay of... Like we see in Resident Evil yeah. with the grid. You see it in Underworld when she cuts the vampire's head off. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah. So, that delayed, that was a 2000 staple. Like yeah. so many movies did the delayed, What what's even a word? I know decapitation is when you take off the head, but what's the word for like, I don't even know what, what you would know. call yeah. that. Like, yeah. total body capitation? I don't know. Yeah, because he was, like, he was, like, cut basically, like, coronally. So it's, like, you see the whole front of his body, and it just slides down, and you see basically a center the slice. Others, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I I always love that scene, and it's, like, he's one of those most so obvious characters that gets what he deserves. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Plus, you get to see the girl's boobs, which isn't bad either. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my next scene is when you actually, when we see the jackal for the first time. Son of a bitch, stop taking my scenes! <laughs> um, so, so Kathy is being attacked and you see the glasses and you just see like the jackal coming at her and like trying to pull her down the hallway and you know, and that's when her father comes and starts dragging her along and like you just still keep seeing flashes on them running and like clawing and everything like that, which is pretty cool. And his backstory is crazy because like he was like a rapist uh, all this thing and he mm -hmm. committed himself but it was just like 
filled with anger. So, like, it kind of makes sense why he goes after her first and he's ripping her clothes off, yeah. like, literally trying to get her naked. You almost, you don't you know almost get what, a boob out. Yeah. yeah, like, you don't know what he's trying to actually do to her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that jackal reveal, it, it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the mask or if it's, like, the face of all the ghosts. They're all human, but with, like, slightly twisted features. Mm-hmm. Him, he does look, like, straight up, like, maybe too skeletal or like mm-hmm. some kind of actual monster under there. Yeah. So um, I had that as my, my next scene as well. So I'll go over. Uh, da, da, da. So I liked when um, the lady from Ace Ventura, what's her name in this movie? I forget her name in the movie. Um, when she's going over the lore and gives the background of all the characters because mm-hmm. that's when it really ties it in because yeah. up to that point like you said you see them all but she explains that hey this is tied to what you call it the dark zodiac yeah and these the are the signs zodiac. and what's kind of cool is like you see i'm a sucker when you see old style books like yeah. having supernatural or all those other things and you see like this is so ancient that like when the drawings were made, they were mostly, like, with, like, medieval representations yeah. at the time. Like, the hammer was a blacksmith back in the day. Yeah. Whereas this one was, like, a railroad worker. And, like, you know, the Titan and uh, it just, I really, really like that. And that's where, like, that's the hook for me for the movie yeah. when I get really invested. Yeah. Um. So kind of around the same, like, area as when she's talking about the machine. Um, so she says it was designed by the devil and powered by the dead. And it's this big, you know, all these gears, it's tall and it's got these like rings that are kind of, you know, going back and forth on each other and it just looks so cool. And this reminds me of, it doesn't look exactly the same, but the, the way the rings and everything, it reminds me of the machine in Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was like a, that's like a pretty cool it's funny um i don't know what it is about things that relate to hell or demons they love their gears and intricate yeah like you got hellraiser event horizon this the cube uh, like it's very steampunky looking it is yeah it's because they're all supposed to be developing the impossible machine Mm -hmm. kind of like a, a limitless power source or something so they of course it has a cool look yeah um I've always uh, – that's one of the things that's always kind of interests me because being an engineer and stuff, I look at machines completely differently. Like, if there's something being designed by the devil, like, I want it to look demony. Like, I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. But to me, when I just see someone with a bunch of gears, I don't inherently look at it like, oh, that's evil. Yeah. Like, I want to see pillars of fire and, like, crazy <laughs> shit. I don't know. Like, it to me, it it, it is a really cool-looking machine. machine. I'll say that. Yeah. But I want to see, like, a pit of lava somewhere. Yeah. Like, give me something. Well, even, like, well, I'll get to this because I actually have a little bit later we'll talk about this, too. Like, um, when that pertains to the machine, basically, um, like, above it on the floor, they have, like, these things that, like, spin and they're, like, lining up and that's when they're releasing everything. Um, but, like, towards the end, like, the floor actually starts, like, doing a Ginsu kind of yeah. thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's funny as much as I do like this movie, I think I, there's not a ton of super memorable scenes. Mm -hmm. Like 
those are probably the oh you know what i'm gonna throw this scene in here because i don't like it um and i just want to talk about it. <sighs> when maggie starts uh doing the record scratching uh, uh yeah like, i was like that was so corny like i was like <laughs> damn it all right now did you notice which was kind of funny which at the end i caught on the ends she's rapping she's rapping yes. yeah i, I when i didn't pick that up until this time that we watched it i'm like wait a minute she's rapping that's her adds to my frustration yeah. with her um <laughs> once again 2000s late 90s staple like yeah so many things you add some kind of hip-hop urban thing like as a like funny joke yeah. to it like i'm just like all right and it's it's the juxtaposition like you got this super proper guy who's about to hear these spells and do this and then uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's a scene that always kind of annoyed me um the one the, one of the scenes like now we're getting towards the end that i like is you know um Arthur is running upstairs trying to find his kids and, you know, his kids are sitting in the center of the floor and he, you know, sees all the stuff going on around him. And then he puts on the glasses and all of a sudden you see all the ghosts standing, spinning around and yeah. it's pretty cool. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it makes you wonder, like, it, the movie does so well giving you enough lore. You just wonder, like, what exactly do they mean? Like, other than being able to, obviously, and they and the girl says it. Not if knowledge is power, he'd be the most most powerful, powerful person. But like, okay, he could still die, and especially as we see. But like, even if he got the machine working, like, really, he just would be able to know what's in it. But is it like he's got to use it and all of a sudden be like, hey, I want to know what happens here, or? Is he imbued with, like, the power to know everything? I don't know. That, we never that, get to that, yeah. That's where I'm kind of like, I wish it would have told us a, a little, little bit, bit more. more. Like, because if it's, like, basically, imagine it almost like a supercomputer, like his own personal complete Google, like, what happens tomorrow? Yeah. Like, that's cool. He could still die. So it's kind of like now if he knew everything. Yeah, like he would know when he's supposed to die so he so can he avoid could, exactly. whatever. Which that's the only part. Once again, I know I'm nit nitpicking, but it like draws you in so much and they explain so much. I'm just like, I wish you would have told me this just a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Yeah. Do you have any more scenes? No. I have one more. So I love this, this last thing. So, you know, Cyrus. Um, they're fighting, like, and Cyrus is down on the ground, and when, uh, what's her name, starts, you know, DJing down there, and Maggie. Maggie starts DJing, and all the ghosts leave, and you see Cyrus laying on the floor, and then all of a sudden, all the ghosts surround him, which was pretty cool. The shot, looking yeah. up with all of them. Looking up, them. and they're all in a circle, like, grabbing him, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. No, that, that is a good, very cinematic scene yeah. right there. The yeah. lean down and the blinking of it, like yeah. you said. No, that, that is that is good. So now comes the question of what was your favorite kill? Because you don't have a ton to choose from. No. Well, so um, leading to what I just said, my favorite kill is Cyrus. He's because, yeah, you see him laying down and then you see all of the ghosts surrounding him, grabbing him, and actually throw him towards, like, the machine. And, you, like I said, you have all of these, like, 
blade kind of things just kind of whirling around together and he just gets like dismembered and chopped to yeah. pieces and everything from it which is pretty cool that was cool um mine though has to be the lawyer that i was going with that at first and then like when we got to the i was like well that's pretty cool so i was like going. the cyrus kill for me you knew it was gonna happen mm -hmm. um the lawyer first time watching you're like oh that chick's about to kill him with the knife yeah and then boom and you're like oh shit yeah and they it's such a slow reveal like his tie falls off yeah there's a trickle of blood and then the slide down oh yeah that's pretty cool yeah that that was great um what about the worst kill for you so my least favorite was actually i i forgot to write what her name down is uh the chick from ace ventura she just basically gets crushed to death between like the wall but like it's just so kind of fake looking it is you know they, they, did, they did a I, I was trying to watch it because they do, like, a good cut, like, when they either switch to CGI or if they use a prosthetic. If they used a fake one, the chances are they might have realized after filming it, like, it probably did look like shit. Yeah. But it to me, it probably is just some kind of, like, not great CGI. Yeah, it just, it looked goofy. It did, it did. Like, it didn't really look like a crush. Like, it, yeah, like, it, it kind of looked like maybe they had a dummy and, like, just the the it silicone just kind of squeezed yeah. like it didn't it just didn't look right um yeah of ones you see i agree with that one but i gotta go with uh in the beginning just one of the guys you just see him in a car in a blood splat yeah just because as we've always said i don't like ones you can't really see mm -hmm. um so i have to cop out with that easy one yeah so now comes well, actually, first, before we go into grades, I do have some fun facts. Um, so, do you know, like, the glasses in the movie? Uh-huh. So, as I said, William Castle directed this. And do you remember what I told you about him last week? What his specialty was? Oh, is he the one that did, like, the stuff would come down from the ceilings and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. So in this particular movie, um, and I don't have it, I think he called it a mezzo or something like that. The only way you could see the ghost is if you wore special glasses. Oh, like in the movie theater? Yeah, so he oh. would have it, not 3D, but he would have it so much, he would have it in such a way that, like, it would be like 3D glasses, so he would have a blue tint over a red film so if you were watching with the naked eye you might not see it but if you had the glasses on you'd see the ghost appear. oh that's kind of cool so they wanted to figure out a way to capture that in this movie so that's why they do the glasses for them i had seen something about that but i just thought that people in the film had to wear glasses and that's what they brought over mm -hmm. oh yeah. okay i didn't realize it was like the people in the theater had to have them so i said that guy doesn't get credit for all the inventive things he tried to do yeah like you said he also there's another movie eventually I'll have you watch called The Tingler, um, which basically, if for some reason you're scared and you don't scream, this thing that looks essentially like a giant centipede grows on your spine and will eventually kill you. And it's called The Tingler because it'll hmm. make you tingle. So in moments when you're supposed to be scared in a movie, the back of your chair, he would have vibrator. And like uh. it, you'd feel a tingling and it would freak people out. So... Oh, that's pretty cool. Like I said, it was very showmanship. He was very ahead of his time. That's like yeah. the 4D movie theater now where the chairs exactly. vibrate and things like that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned it while we were watching, so I'll let you say. What, what does the writing on the outside of the walls say? 
It's actually the, the, the Lord's Prayer. Yep. And then, um, so who do you think of all the ghosts had the longest makeup application? Ooh. I would think it's the hammer. The angry princess. Really? Well, you figure she's got to do a full body suit. Oh, okay. I mean, a full body paint. How many cuts did she have That's over true. her? So you figure we've seen face off. Like, mm -hmm. you know, with the hammer, they probably just made the mold for the neck the suit and, and the stuff. arm, but yeah. everything else underneath is not done. So they just have to glue the prosthetics on his head. Yeah. And while they look really cool, it's not as much as her. Yeah. That's true. Um, because she would take at least five hours to apply the makeup. Oh, that's gotta suck. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um, so this is a a little bit of an interesting one. The did you ever see the Highlander the show? I don't think I did. No. So one of the katanas you see, specifically a dragon katana, mm -hmm. is from that show huh. in the movie where you see it displayed. Yeah. Um. So, I already mentioned that. You mentioned the fact, it's kind of interesting, but Shannon Elizabeth is just one year younger than Maggie. Yeah. Which, that that's crazy that they're only one year mm -hmm. apart. Um, it should also be noted that a lot of this movie got... I don't want to say criticisms, but a lot of people had trouble viewing it because there was so much flashing okay. and the sound was so loud. Like that was even like from Cisco and Ebert. Like they mentioned, like even if they love the production, the audio was so loud when you saw it in theaters. Yeah. And it is like, it's one of those movies where it's quiet, it's quiet, it's quiet. Boom. It's but, really yeah. loud. So just one of those more kind of whatever things. Um, and then, so they, they do say that even though all the ghosts are considered to be dangerous, it really is only the juggernaut that kills. And, and once again, in his backstory, he's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like we said, they seem so scared of the little boy, but he never actually does anything. No. And if you read his backstory, like, yeah, he did some stuff, but he was killed by an arrow while playing you know cowboys and indians mm -hmm. so i don't know it just seems interesting to me but there wasn't a whole lot outside of that that really covered as far as like fun facts or trivia facts um now the moment of truth monica one of her favorite movies what are you ranking this i'm gonna give it a solid a okay nice i think i'll go a b plus i really like it but I can't ignore the terrible acting in some of it. And the parts that are slow do kind of bore me at this point. Mm -hmm. But I still am really into the movie. And it's yeah. really well done. So, nice. Very good pick. Mm -hmm. I think you just love uh, William Castle remakes is yeah. what it comes down <laughs> to. <laughs> All right. So now you got me intrigued because you said the myth is going to be tied to the angry princess. Loosely tied. Loosely, Loosely tied. Well... So it's at a minimum, it's a female. It's a female. <laughs> so let's hear All what right. your myth is this week. So, like I said, you know, I, I like the angry princess. So the angry princess um, lived in the later 1900s and had a bunch of plastic surgery to alter her flaws. Like she was like really into her looks and everything. 
So you taught me those boobs were fake. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So after a botched experiment, experiment that mutilated her eye, she actually killed herself in the bathtub at the clinic, and she carries a knife. Um that she committed suicide with and that's what she used to like kill the people yeah so now in the movie you see she has like slashes across each breast like she has like some slash marks all over her from when she committed suicide and she has like a um not quite vertical it's like more diagonal yeah slash across her face okay so this kind of reminded me when i was looking through like i i was looking for some type of female ghost ish kind of thing so I came across the Kuchisaki Ona, which is the slit-mouthed woman. So it's a Japanese malicious spirit of a woman. Is it a yokoi? It is a yokoi. Um, she or yokai, I think. Yo- yokai, is. yeah. She frequents alleyways and dark streets, and she appears to lone travelers at night. She partially covers her face with a mask or, like, a veil or something like that. Um, And she carries a weapon. And she approaches her victim, and she asks her victims, Watashi Kari, which is, am I pretty? So if you say no, then she kills you. If you say yes, then she removes whatever's her covering her face, and she... Her mouth on both sides is cut to her ears, which is also known as a Glasgow smile. Okay, so it's kind of like the Cheshire cat. Yeah, or the Joker. Joker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after she shows herself to you, she grins. She's got these big gaping wounds and stuff like that on her face. She repeats her question by saying, Kari Domo, Demo, which is even now, like, you know, do you think I'm still pretty? And if you say no, she kills you. Now, if you say yes, there's there is a couple different conflicting things. She either gives you the same like Glasgow smile, cuts you mm. ear to ear, basically, um, or she will let you go, but then she finds you at your home and she like kills you in the night. Bitch. Yeah. So you think you're getting away. But so there really is no best case you get away with this cut across well, your face. Well, luckily there is a way to get away from her. Can I guess? How? With a mirror that shows her her own reflection? No. Oh, okay. No. I thought it would be like Bloody Mary. No. We'll get to that. But. Um, so she's described as carrying either like a knife, a machete, a scythe, or like a large pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to survive... You have to try to distract her. So you can either describe her as being average, because she's looking like, am I pretty, yes or no? So if you say she's, like, average, or you can throw money or hard candies on the ground, and, like, it distracts her, she goes to pick them up. Stop, because that's what I would do. Ooh, a penny. That's, I mean, not to be a certain way, but it's like... Distract a bitch with some money. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then, like, when she's like, bends over to pick him up, you just run away from her. Um, or you say uh, pomade three times. I don't know exactly what that means, huh. but. Is that um, the people that make the uh, heart healthy cherry juice? 
palm wonder oh, no, no no isn't that like the palm oh uh, what is that oh yeah like the pomegranate yeah i think that is pomegranate actually it is now that i'm looking <laughs> at it yeah so maybe actually in pomegranates are japanese aren't they no yeah. no chinese we call them chinese apples yeah, so pomegranates are actually, they are Asian. They run, they were originated from Iran to India. Okay. So, yeah, never mind about that. <laughs> um, so there are a few legends as to where she comes from. One was she was a woman who was mutilated during her life and said that she was an adulterous wife or a concubine of a samurai. Huh. And as punishment, he cut her. Uh, some say she was mutilated during like a medical procedure or she was mutilated by a woman who was jealous of her beauty. And the legend goes back to at least 1979 where it was mentioned in a publication. And wait, 1979, 1979, like most recent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not all that old. And so when this started spreading around, um, about the Kuchisaki Ona, like it spread through Japan and caused like hysteria. That they really thought there they was really this. thought like this thing was going around, and that like young children like would be accompanied by their parents yeah. because like they were afraid to let them go to school and everything like that. And like you're saying, uh, the Kuchisaki Ona is classified as a yokai, which refers to any variety of supernatural creatures, spirits, or demons in the Japanese folklore. But were they counting it as a ghost? Or... It was like, they, they were saying it's a ghost-like creature. Okay, and <clears throat> it's a ghost-like creature, but the, is this, so you said 1979 was the latest or the that was first? The that was the earliest. But then how do they get that she was, like, a samurai's wife, which would have been hundreds, hundreds well, of... Well, you know. that could have been, like, the first... I said that that it was in publication. So it could have been earlier than that, but that was the earliest that they found it written, like, in a publication. Hmm. So, yeah, because she's the ghost of the woman that was killed. Now, I'm curious. See, I could see a case like that, kind of like when I did that, the werewolf of that one spot. <clears throat> like, if... There were some true events. Someone get got killed by a woman just wearing a cover. Yeah. And they added a story to it or something. That's possible. Um, but the fact that there was like that crazy of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's nuts. Um, so other than throwing money or just saying pomade. 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 Um, was there like... That's it? Like, you couldn't, like, try and fight or any other? Like, no. Like, charms mm -mm. won't work against mm -mm. her? Huh. Did it, But do, did she only go after men? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it was just, like, like lo it said lone travelers. It didn't specify men or women. So, <clears throat> I'm starting to see a pattern here from the yokai that we've covered and from what I've seen. One of the biggest things tends to be, like, lone travelers. Yeah. Like, I'm very curious if that was, maybe they had an issue in Japan with people dying from who knows whether nefarious or not for people going off on their own. Yeah. And maybe this was, like, a way to, like, tell them, like, don't do that. Don't go off on yeah. your own. And then it also reinforces, the only thing I would say it doesn't reinforce is <clears throat> a lot of other cultures, especially in Europe, 
tied to like Christiani and stuff, women were always kind of revered as these like things that could kill you, especially yeah. beautiful by themselves. It, it really wouldn't have made sense in Japan. Yeah. So, but still, I guess other cultures still like the idea of a woman on the prowl by herself. There's something you know, there's something up with her. Yeah. So, actually, in Japan, given some of the traditions, it might have made sense. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and that's why I saw like when I saw like that you know because uh, the angry princess had the cut on her face. She was like a ghost, carried a knife, and I'm like these kind of reminded me. And of both in one way or another were obsessed with beauty or were beauty beautiful. Beauty yeah. Okay. That's a good connection. Nice. Yeah. It, babe. Okay. This is one of the rare times it wasn't a Native American. I know. It <laughs> wasn't. I was waiting for it. I think I saw something. And I actually did because I just looked up, like, because I was really trying to find something that at least even the slightest would relate to the movie. And I literally, like, Googled, like, supernatural ghosts. And, like, a whole bunch of it was, like, oh. Indian, Indian, Indian. I'm like, I can't. I can't do any more Indians <laughs> for a little while. You mean Native American? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I love you. All right, so <clears throat> I'm very curious to see how you tie this in. Okay. What is your What is your place? Okay. So the place I chose is not necessarily haunted. It's more of like kind of a spooky place that people, some people say it's haunted, but there is no actual documentation of it being haunted. Okay. So you're breaking rules? A spooky place. <laughs> it can be a spooky place. Okay. Right? Just listen. And there have been movies made about this place. Okay. So, in the movie, the house was described as, you know, one of a kind. Are there any other one of a kind houses that just pop in your head that have been the subject of a horror movie? Winchester House? Yep. Yeah. Damn it, I was going to try to make you think, jerk. Babe, babe this, is a, <sighs> this is like my specialty here. It is. Like, you ruin everything. I get excited because I was like, I'm going to trick him and then jerk. But I love you. This is what you do at Christmas time. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm going to give you this. And you're like, is it this? And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> babe, but isn't it my inquisitive mind that you love about me, too? You just know me too well. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that a good thing? Anyway. Do you want me to teach you about the Winchester house? Really? Really? I'm going to go use a goddamn Winchester on your nuts if you Real? shit up. <clears throat> so. Babe, if you did that, I could approach Lone Wanderers and show my nuts and say, is it pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Give them the bat wing? Yep. So the Winchester Mansion is located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard in San Jose, California. So this is one of the places I definitely want to go see at yeah. some point. Now, it is listed as a landmark on the National Register of Historic Places. Yep. So, um, Sarah and William... Wart Winchester mm -hmm. apparently had a daughter who died. Now, the the infant daughter had died of 
uh, marasmus, which is like a malnutrition like okay. disorder. Like basically, I guess the baby wasn't eating enough, but they had like a lot of money. So I'm I'm kind of confused. But they were. It was a baby. It was an infant. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. yeah, yeah. It was a baby who died. So William Wirt Winchester actually died a few years later after the baby died. So he was the creator of the Winchester firearms and died from tuberculosis in 1881. Mm. Now, his wife, Sarah, inherited more than $20.5 million, which is equivalent to $543 million today. Now, that's not all. She also got nearly 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which gave her an allowance of $1,000 per day. Damn. Which is equivalent to $26,000 per day today. So I feel like it should be even higher. But she still, was rolling yeah. it. Like, ridiculous. So... She wound up going to a fortune teller that told her that her family and her fortune were haunted by the spirits of those that had died at the hand of Winchester Rifles. Mm. And that her only hope was to leave her home in New Haven and to travel west and continuously build a house to appease the spirits of the ghost. So, in 1884, she purchased an eight-room farm house that was unfinished in Santa Clara Valley. Um, and the one thing that she could not stomach was all the damn vampires. Thank you, babe. <laughs> I appreciate that. Although that was Santa Carla, but when yeah, I saw... I know. <laughs> I know the connection in your mind. You're like, yeah, it's close enough. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then she hired a bunch of carpenters. I wonder if one was named John. <laughs> wow, you're really going to do this to everything, aren't you? Man, you're really teeing it up. I want to get the little drum. I tried. I tried. I actually put LOL in here. And for those of you, because you can't see it, she's holding a comp book like we're back in fifth grade. So she definitely did write that in there. And then I wrote John Carpenter just so I wouldn't forget. You needed to write his name to remember. Just in case. I think I wrote this this morning. We're ending this. (laughs) Um, Anyway. So she hired carpenters to work day and night, and it eventually became a seven-story mansion. So she didn't hire an architect, so they just kind of built all willy-nilly, and they had doors leading to, like, nowhere. There were stairs that just were dead ends like you would just walk upstairs and then it's just like a ceiling like and there was windows overlooking the interiors of the house and everything that so this was all to confuse the ghosts apparently so Mm. that way like they would never know in 1906 and 1986 um the house was hit by an earthquake and there was damage to the house but it was built on a floating foundation Mm -hmm. and that was credited for saving it from total collapse. Yeah. So, but now because of like the, everything that happened, it's only four stories. So it went from seven stories to four stories. Yeah. So the original plot was 162 acres, but has since been reduced to 4.5 acres, um, which is just enough land to contain the main structure and all of, like the outward buildings. Yeah. Now it's 
um, the house itself is 24,000 square feet, has 160 rooms, <laughs> 10,000 windows. I, I would hate to have to wash that. 10,000 10, windows? 10,000 windows. Okay. 2,000 doors. Jesus. Uh, 40 bedrooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces. 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms. And the funny thing about the bathrooms is, even all those bathrooms, there was only one functioning bathroom. That, oh, that Sarah, suck. that Sarah herself, well, this was back then. So yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if they might have changed it. But at the time, there was only one functioning bathroom that Sarah used, and the other ones were decoy bathrooms to, I guess, the ghost. stop the ghost from peeking on her while she was in the shower. Did she ever remarry? She did not. I don't think so. Okay. They never mentioned anything. Um, there's six kitchens, two ballrooms. One was finished. One was unfinished. Two basement levels. So she had a basement and like and a, a sub-basement. Sub <clears throat> and three elevators. Now, the total price of the house in 1923 was $5 million, mm. I guess, to take to like build everything. Which is equivalent to seventy-one million dollars today. So. Well, as you said, I mean, she inherited. A shit ton of money. A ton, and then she was getting the amount from Winchester itself. So yeah, it, what's amazing is someone can be duped that much by a fortune teller yeah. to straight up go west, leave all your home and friends and family. And start this project. Yeah. That's a, like, hmm. Yeah. So, and, like, work on the house was, like, continuous, like, day and night until Sarah's death um, on September 5th, 1922, at which time constructions, like, ceased immediately. Like, yeah. it stopped. So, when she died, she did have a will. So, all of her possessions were split between her niece and her personal secretary. And basically, the house itself was not in the will, so that wasn't given to anybody. Um, but the niece and the secretary got like all like everything from inside, all the furniture, and, and apparently, apparently, she had like rooms with like just stuff blocked away. Like I saw that she had like windows, like a window from Tiffany, hmm. like like Tiffany's, like the yeah. jewelry, like they made a window. Um, there was this window that she designed with like spider webs, like she was big into spider webs and the number 13. Mm. So, but she had this like thing specifically made and then never used it, just put it in a room. They called it a $25,000 room because there was like 25000 at the time, $25,000 worth of just stuff in it. Mm. So supposedly it took six trucks working eight hour days for six weeks to remove everything from the inside of the house. And like I said, since there was no mention of a house in the will, um, an appraiser deemed the house was worthless because it was unfinished and, like, some of the damage from, you yeah. know, the, the earthquakes and stuff like that. And the strange designs and everything like that. So it sold at auction for $135,000 <laughs> to a local investor. Well, you figure this is still 19... No, 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 I know. I'm just saying, like, that it's funny. That was still a lot like of said, money back they, then, but... She dumped 20 mil or whatever it was into $5 million. Five million, million, yeah. And sold for one hundred thirty-five. Um, So it sold to a local <clears throat> investor who leased the property to a John and 
Mammy, M-A-Y-M-E, Mamie. M-A-Y-M-E. Yeah. Mamie. Mamie. Um, So a John and Mamie Brown, who eventually actually purchased the home. Now, in February of 1923, that was about five months after Sarah's death, the Browns opened the house to the public and began began giving, like, um, guided tours. So the house is currently owned by the Winchester Investment LLC, which is a privately held company that uh, represents the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. So, but it's still open for tours today. Um, You can go see it. And in 2016, they actually added on, they opened up a new section like outside. They built like another room that has like old timey furniture and like a shooting gallery Mm. game or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, it was built on the superstition that was trying to keep ghosts away. Yeah. And it ties in kind of to the house of this place because, like you said, Talk about a unique house. I've always read about that. Yeah, the it, is his nickname like not only Winchester, but like the house that goes no or like there's some um, Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. Um, and there was you know obviously there was a movie called Winchester, which is about the wife. I I started watching it. I didn't finish it. I do want to finish that movie, but um, Helen Mirren mm-hmm. is yeah. Sarah Winchester, and you know it. Like I said, there. There was no actual reports of hauntings, but, you know, people said, like, it just kind of feels eerie in there. So. I mean, there's, I mean, you don't have to be a uh, spiritualist. To, you walk into a room and you see a door that leads to nowhere and you see a steps that lead to nowhere. Yeah. If something it feels creepy. off. Yeah. Like, it just, it'll throw you off being like, why is this here? Yeah. Like, and, like, if you actually look at the pictures, like, there's literally, like, on the third floor, there's just a door. Like, so if you open the door, you just fall out of the house. Like, there's no balcony. There's nothing. Yeah. It's just a door that's that on the outside. Out, yeah. um, so, but it, it's a very, it's a neat looking house. And like I said, that's one of the definite places that I want to go to. And um, apparently, uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion was based, based off of on that. Yeah. this house. No, it's, I mean, it's very popular in American lore and houses that are popular and oddities or whatever you want to call it. So... I'll give you credit there. It makes yeah. sense. It ties a little bit to a the idea bit. of the, the house in the movie. Yeah. So, nice. Um, all right. Well, with that, we do want to say thank you all very much for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to us, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes. And if you can, please give us a rating. That would really help support us. We're also available on all other social media apps, so make sure you, you keep an eye out for us. And with that, we want to say have a good night. Till next time.